Hey guys, welcome back to What the Puck. This is season two, episode eleven. As always, I'm Rob Zadek, along with co-host Tomic Man. So week three is in the books with the NHL. So we're gonna go over the poll results. As as you guys know, we want you guys to keep voting as much as you can. Rob is posting every single day to get these polls up. It's a lot of work. We want you guys to continue to vote. Don't just skip through it. Pick what team you think is really going to win that night. And you guys actually had your best week yet. Yeah, definitely over 500. For the first time. So I guess we'll start with you guys. <laughs> you guys beat Tom McMahon. Hey, Congratulations. Hey, hey. That's, I think it's going to be the only time this year you do that. Ooh. So fans go 28 and 21, helping your overall record go to 64 and 67. So you guys are on the cusp of 500. I went 27 and 22 with an overall record of 74 and 57. Rob goes 29 and 20 with a leading 77 and 54 record. So he is three games ahead of me and about 13 games ahead of the fans. I just want to say one thing. Uh, there are a lot of accounts that uh, sort of do this like within other accounts. If you guys follow the Sports Alliance on Instagram, uh, go take a look because there's uh, probably maybe eight accounts, eight probably eight to ten accounts on there. And their numbers are not that pretty. Like you, you would be you, you guys with the 60, 64 and sixty seven record are beating half of those accounts. So you know this what the puck account is looking real good in terms of picking the right team. So everybody, me, you, fans, uh, keep up the good work because uh, seems like we know our hockey more than a lot of other people. Yeah. And again, always recommend you guys to any questions, any comments, any ideas. Let us know, and that'll get us right into this next segment. Timmy Cunz, hit us with our fan questions. All right, so the first two are going to be for both of you guys. Uh, where do you think Eichel ends up? Well, we our future segment, we will be talking about Eichel rumors. I'm just going to go out and say Calgary, the Flames. I think he'll do be. Do you want to talk about Eichel now? You want to get the segment over with this question? I'll do that because I think he's going to go to Vegas. I think he fits better in Vegas. All right. Well, Let's talk about it now. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk so, about it now. so today, actually, November 3rd, I believe it is. Jeez, I don't even know the date. Yeah. Rumors came out. The whole Eichel rumor got quiet, and then it picked back up saying Vegas was uh, ahead by a landslide, and it was all fingers pointing towards Jack Eichel ending in Vegas, which makes sense with, obviously, Carlson breaking his foot, Mark Stone out six to eight weeks, in the opening game of the season, like obviously Vegas isn't playing their best their best hockey right now. Their 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 record isn't. I mean, they're not at the top of their division where they usually should be. They're out of a playoff spot right now. They're under five hundred. They're four and nine. That's not what you think when you look at that roster. Obviously, you know Stone and Carlson. You could debate as they're two of their best forwards on the team. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think for him, if Eichel went to Vegas. And Stone and Carlson end up getting healthy. That team can 100% be a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Because that team is a, a team that plays a defensive system. I, guess, I don't know, You could say boring, where it's defensive first. They don't allow a lot of goals. And then you add Jack Eichel, who... But again, no one knows. He might not even play this season. So that's, that's the whole weird part about it. We don't even know if he's going to play this season. Like, if he'll be back for playoffs or anything. Because we don't know what the surgery. But... Even in the future, so even if you're talking next year, they might be the the Stanley Cup favorite going into going into the season with that roster adding Jack Eichel. Obviously, we're not sure what they're going to have to give up. I'm assuming a bunch of draft picks and and probably a few key players, maybe some young prospects. But I know you should get into Vegas because you believe he's going to end there. Um, yeah, basically, if. If he does end up in Vegas, you got to get rid of a lot and more than just draft picks because I'm looking at their cap space right now. Um, th- their projected cap space is about just under negative $6 million, um, with a uh, full active roster, 23 out of 23. So um, that's problematic. Um, they're going to have to get rid of uh, a lot for Jack Eichel. But he fits better there, I think. He, he, he makes does. $10 million a year. So. Right. So, yeah, there's going to be – it's basically going to be a dump. They got to dump a lot of players. I mean, they got a lot of high contracts on that team. You know, Petrangelo, you know, takes, what, 8% of that. Yeah. Um, Leonard's a big one. Stone's a big one. There, there are some big ones there. So one of those guys have to go. It's, that's the trade-off, which in my eyes, Jack Eichel would be the best, would be the best forward on that team if they yeah. do acquire him. I think so. Uh, 
you know, goodbye to Carlson. Well, on the flip side, if we look at Calgary, Calgary is going to do the same thing, but they don't got to get rid of much. I mean, um, they're just under the uh, the max cap, uh, just at eight uh, eighty million five. Um, if he if he goes there, does it does it put? Because look, when we talked about this, I don't know what episode it was. This season, we were talking about Jack Eichel. Calgary came up as they were rumored to be one of the teams involved, and we said, "Is Jack Eichel good enough to turn the Flames into a serious contender?" Because right now, although Calgary is playing like that's what I was going to yeah. say, they are they are a contender right now. So why fuck up a good thing? Like, I know your team's getting better, but if you guys are, like, you know, top, I guess they're sixth in the league right now. If they're sixth in the league overall, why even change a thing? They're, like, sitting second place, right, in, in the yeah, Pacific, behind Edmonton. behind Edmonton, and they're doing great. Vegas, on the other hand, is all the way at the bottom. I think they're right above Seattle and Vancouver, but they have injury problems. So it's sort of like which place is actually going to help the team more than hurt the team. And to me, it's going to be Vegas because Vegas is struggling right now with injuries. So why, why not put them to Vegas and why stick why stick them on Calgary if Calgary has been one of the powerhouses through the first three weeks of the season? That's my biggest thing. I was going into more of the cap space thing and what teams are really thinking, and both teams are really struggling with the cap space. So it, if there is an Eichel trade, whichever team he goes, is going to be massive trades, that go, uh, massive player switches if it does happen. Yes. Yeah, so today... It got released that Calgary was willing to offer Kachuk next year's first round pick and a previous first round pick. So I'm I'm assuming it was a player that was drafted in the first round and prospects. So if you're Buffalo now and you, and you see this, I guess it's not an offer technically, but it's basically like a an unwritten offer in a way. Like they they kind of let out to the media what they were willing to give up. And Kachuk's literally going to be a captain. Like, he's soon to be a captain there. I mean, if I'm Buffalo, I think you're going to get... That's a way better deal than what I think Vegas is going to offer, is what I'm saying. I think for you to get a young stud in Kachuk, plus a first-round pick, and a previous first-round pick, so a young prospect, I think that's that's like one of the best offers we've heard since the whole Eichel rumors the all these Eichel rumors even started because everyone was like oh his value is dropping the later it gets and who knows with this surgery because it's still unknown about the surgery whether he's going to how long he's going to be out for he might not he there's a good chance he doesn't even play this season so this trade would literally be for next season but again Jack Eichel is that good i could just the only reason why i think Calgary is more of a favorite right now is because they've legitimately given like an offer. They've shown Buffalo this is what you're going to get in return, and I think it's great, great return for Buffalo. You're a young team already. You're going to get more draft picks, and you're going to get a young stud in Kachuk who everyone wants on their team because the Kachuk brothers are just, again, those gritty, hardworking players, knows how to lead a team. So, yeah. I think Eichel, if he could choose between Vegas and Calgary, you know he's choosing Vegas. Obviously, an American-born player, he's going to want to go play in a new team, be the best player on the new team in Las Vegas. Come on. but He's going to be the best player on either team. Whether yeah. I, I don't know if he's better than Alex Petrangelo. No, but. I think he's more valuable. Um, but Matthew Kachuk, $7 million a year. That sort of helps a little bit with Eichel's contract, but I, I, in my honest opinion, with everything that went down, Eichel's not going to get paid $10 million. That's what he deserves to get paid, but I, I honestly, I think it's, you know, he's kind of has his back against the wall now. Like, he, the disadvantage is on him. They're, they're going to, if he gets traded, the team's going to be like, we're going to pay you what we want to pay you. Like, you're not going to get what you, what, what you asked. And if you're asking $10 million and we don't, then go sit, you know, go sit on the sidelines like he did this season. So I think he's going to be in that, Seven to nine million dollar range, which would fit more with Calgary's cap space than it would with Vegas. But where did you read that Kachuk is going to be the new captain? No, it's a, it, it, like a possibility of him becoming captain there. Okay, uh, it said uh, yeah, I totally disagree with that, but that's totally off topic. But yeah, go on. It, the, the cap would kind of work since obviously Eichel's making ten and. Chuck's making whatever it is seven, seven. so it's not it's not too far off. 
they can make it work. So, like I said, we obviously know it has nothing to do where Eichel wants to go at this point. It's going to be whatever Buffalo can get best in a return. And I think they're going to get their best return from Calgary. That's that's where I'll leave it. Although I think he'll flourish. He would flourish more in Vegas, I think. He'll end up it. He'll end up as a Calgary Flame. So, all right. Next question for both of you: Is Flurry just in a slump right now, or is he unmotivated to play for the Blackhawks? I think both. I think he's in a slump, <laughs> and that's causing him to be unmotivated. He was unmotivated to come in. He whatever shrugged it off the shoulders, but now he's been playing terrible, and now he's unmotivated. So I think it's just uh it's just a disaster. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's yeah. And he's definitely, like, he's playing some of the worst hockey in his career right now. I mean, the, like, letting in bad goals. Like, yeah. some of the goals you can't even blame the Blackhawks for anymore. Like, yeah. it's just it's just bad goals that are coming from weird angles. And it's it's just not the Marc-Andre Fleury that I'm used to seeing. Yeah, I think, yeah, I I, I think he doesn't want to play hockey anymore. <laughs> like, nothing is, yeah, because I'm pretty sure he's going to retire after this year. He'll probably get his number raised in Pittsburgh, right? Most likely. I don't know. There's a good chance of it. but He's a Hall of Famer, but I don't know if he's worthy of getting his number retired uh, in, either, in either place. I don't, I don't think so. I think he'll get his jersey retired in Pittsburgh. But who knows? I think he is done. I think he's put in a terrible situation. Chicago is a dumpster fire. We're getting into them soon. Like, obviously, we got into them last week. More shit happened. This is... He's playing some of the worst hockey in his life, and a team that finally got their first win. They finally beat Detroit, or whatever it was. Then tonight, they blew a 3-1 to lead to the to Carolina Hurricanes, and the, the fourth goal that Fleury let up was, I'm, I think I could have saved it. He, it was just a square shot, and uh, was it Nikas went, went five-hole on him? Yeah, it, just, just... it just wasn't. He's not playing good hockey right now. So No, I think he's, he's mentally not there, and I truly f- feel for him in a way. Because he didn't want to be in the situation in the first place. That is another inter- interesting thing. I, w- I want to put a poll up uh, when, when I release this episode, uh, asking if he deserves to get his uh, number raised to the rafters in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm kind of interested. I like we know we know for a fact, you know, Malkin, Crosby, and and Letang are going up there. But back with the 2000, you know, he won. Nine, them, he, he, he won. Well, we went back to Detroit. back cups, eight, nine. Then he won in nine, but then he won. He won as a backup though. as Murray when they played the San Jose Sharks in yeah. 2016, and then he wasn't part of it during 2000. So that was all Matt Murray. Yeah. So I'm, one Stanley Cup, or two as one as being a backup. I don't know if he's really as deserving as those other three people, like true truthfully. But I'll I'll put the poll up. I'll see what you guys think because I'm curious myself. Mm-hmm. All right. And the last one, there was a statement released from Kraftstov of the Rangers, saying, "While this has been a challenging time for me personally." My main focus is getting better every day to continue towards my goal of playing hockey for the New York Rangers. So, Rob, do you think that he truly means this after what the Rangers have put him through, or is this just a statement to please the franchise? I think it's a statement to please the franchise. It's, it, every professional athlete goes through this. It's it's like you say what you really mean, and then you realize the repercussions of what you really said and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need a backup plan to realize, to like show the world that I'm really not a piece of shit. Like that's truthfully every every athlete does it. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs just did it. Like their safety, um, just said something about their fans, and then I think 24 hours later took it back. Like I just think, on in my honest opinion, he he won't be back in the NHL, let alone be on the New York Rangers. Because like what he did is like we we gave him we gave him in a spot on the wolf pack he didn't take it and he basically said go scratch and then left so i don't get the whole apology thing cuz now now the rangers are working out terms with the with the russian team how to retain part of his salary but the the rangers don't want him i don't think anymore yeah. cuz they re- now the rangers realize the value that they're getting on what the other teams in the league are putting a third round pick and that's not really worth it so the rangers are going to be like all right we're, you know we're we're fine without you Plus the Rangers now after signing Adam Fox, which is what we're about to go into, the Rangers got no cap. So, <laughs> I mean, signing him would be the last thing that the Rangers do. But yeah, that's I don't I mean. know. Whoever keeps asking these questions about Kratzov seems like you got a little crush on him. I don't know what's going on here, but we'll we'll, we'll be done with him because I don't think he'll play for the Rangers again. 
and we'll hop into a player that we that will be playing for the Rangers for basically the next decade. Adam Fox gets his deer, gets his deal. Nine point five million AAV. We knew this was gonna happen. Um I knew it was going to happen earlier in the season. I just don't know why. If we knew this was going to happen, why not put him as a as a captain um, right away? I mean, yeah, seven years. Yeah, he's getting yeah seven years, nine point five million. Um, to, to me, like I said, he's going to be our stamp. He's going to be he's going to be here till he's about thirty years old. Like, why not? Why not put a C on his jersey? He's obviously the best player on the Rangers. He won the Norris. Last year, he's on pace to win the Norris again. Like the guy puts up multi-point games every single time. Like if the rain, like for example, the Rangers just played Vancouver. Rangers scored two goals. Guess who had two points? Like he's a part of every single goal. He's a part of every single momentum shift the New York Rangers have. Now, to me, that's that's literally spelling out a captain. And for you guys not to give it to him and not drill that confidence in his head that he's their best player, I, I think he knows he's the best player. Like seriously, but he's so humble. It's just hard for him to realize, I guess. I think that's it's just calling out captain, captain, captain. Like I feel like rallying around one player like Adam Fox will actually help the Rangers be more successful. This signing was awesome. Nine point five. I think it's undervalued. Seriously, I think the guy should be getting paid more. Like who, who whoever wins two Norris trophies in a row, and he's like, well, on, he didn't yet. He's, he's on, but he's on yeah, that pace. Yeah. No. Injury, injury aside, which yeah. I don't think he's going to get injured because nobody could catch the motherfucker and nobody could hit him. Like, to me, the guy is like the, the guy is like a flawless defenseman. So, And uh, Biz just said he's the best defenseman in the world right yeah. now. Um, you can definitely debate that. You can definitely debate can. that. but 100%. I mean, I think every dollar you spend on this guy is 100% worth it. They got their guy locked up for seven years. I mean... Nine point five, the number I think is just fine. It's the same number that McAvoy got, that Seth Jones got. This makes all, the that, se- all that eight to yeah. ten million. Range. This makes the Seth Jones contract look terrible now, and that like real bad. It makes that look real bad. Kel McCarr I think got nine, so they're all in the same range. All the elite, elite, elite defensemen are getting this number, this nine point five or this nine number. Donald Nurse was right there, so all these number one guys are getting paid. We weren't surprised, and if if you're a Ranger fan, you're just you're just you're just ecstatic right now because you there was no drama no stress he wants to be here he's gonna he's you could just tell he wants to be a ranger and please just give this guy the sea already i mean all fingers point to point towards it I, i'd be shocked if adam fox isn't wearing a c by the all-star break like seriously i don't think they're gonna sign a captain this year I, I, it's I, gotta be next no. year but like if there's chance of winning a cup we gotta I'm God, like, I think he's, happen. I think he's gonna, by the all-star break, I think Adam Fox should be wearing the C. I think he should, he, they should fucking tomorrow give him the C. That means you gotta strip at least three A's. I don't even, <laughs> so what? Who, I don't care. Strip, it doesn't I, I, it's matter. It's weird, it's weird. Apparently to Chris Kreider, everyone in the, everyone in the locker room could wear an A. I, I don't think this team cares about who's, who has an A on their jersey at all. I don't think Panarin gives a fuck. Panarin, and that's a problem. That's a problem if well, no one gives a fuck who's wearing what. That well, that shit's important. Well, I mean, it's very important. It is, but I mean, clearly, right? One one third of the roster is wearing it. That that's a problem. Yeah, because then then you get into that mentality that no one gives a fuck is one third of the team's wearing it. So the, the more it's basically the more assistant captains you have, the less each one is worth. Yeah, basically it is you know. That's basically how it gets broken down. It should be, you know, one captain, it gets 50% of leadership, and the two A's get 25%. That's how I always viewed it. Now not six A's getting, you know, 100 divided by six, which is, what, 18%? I mean, that's, that's, that's stupid. Nobody rallies around that. But. Yeah, but just give, 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 the guy the, give the guy the C. Just, just do it. It's just, it makes the most sense. It really, it really does. He'd be the, the face of the franchise. I mean, he, he basically already is. Like, come on, he's from New York. On track to win the Norris again, like on on a winning team right now, you just just, you just give him the say. That's all. Winning I got. team because of him. Yeah, they're winning because of him and Igor. Igor, Igor is Igor, Igor and yeah. him are are carrying this team. Uh huh. Because I don't think I don't think uh, Sabinajad has looked good. I don't think um, Panarin, Panarin is okay. Panarin five on five hasn't been as good as. He was previous, like obviously since last year. It's very early, but 
he hasn't looked as good as he really as he can play is what I'll say. And Ryan Strom just got back, so maybe that'll boost Panarin up a little bit. Panarin did have two two points, but again, they were both on the power play. So the Rangers, they get the, that power play. It's, it, it is lethal. I'll, I'll give them that with Adam Fox and Panarin on the same unit. Like, it, it could be dangerous. I totally disagree. I don't think the Rangers' power play is lethal at all. I still think they're playing the wrong system. They don't they, they don't shoot the puck enough to play an umbrella. I just think they, they, they rely on talent, and they have a lot of talent on that PP1. The Rangers' power play is good because we, we haven't played a serious penalty-killing team, and Chris Kreider has all of our power play goals. Yeah, he does. Like, if it wasn't for Chris Kreider, the penalty kill would, would suck. You mean the power play? A power play would, would suck. It's Chris Kreider that's carrying the power play. He's got you know? five already. Five right. power play goals leads the league. And, 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 if all, and if all the goals are coming from deflections that are you know in, in the low-high slot, then we, that's even more reason why we should be playing the box plus one. Not not the umbrella because we're not shooting enough. We're just looking. We're just looking to deflect shots. So that's that's all I gotta really say on the Rangers. Yeah. So Adam Fox, seven years, nine point five. Hopefully, soon to be captain of the New York Rangers. I think the contract is perfect. Fingers crossed. Next, I guess bad, sad topic. I don't even know how we want to call it, but yeah, we posted about it. The new. Not the new. Well, the, the new news, I would say, with the whole Kyle Beach situation. Joel Quenville ended up coaching his last game, which put the Florida Panthers at 7-0, and I believe. And a lot of people around the league were shocked that he actually coached that game because of what was later to be released. Joel Quenville resigned the day after, or it might have been literally right after the game. He resigned. He is not the head coach of the Florida Panthers anymore. Andrew Burnett will be the new head coach. He's the intern head coach. We'll see. We don't know how long this will last. If Florida continues their success, who knows? Maybe he'll be their guy for the rest of the year. He's a hockey guy. Who knows? What happened was prior to the season starting, the news with Kyle Beach kind of got rumored and released and... Joel Quinville, obviously being the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010 while this was going on, denied all allegations, denied everything, saying, I don't know what you're talking about, literally lying straight to the media. Kyle Beach then goes out and says, this is, I think on Twitter he tweeted it, he said, this is completely a lie. Joel Quinville knew 100% about what happened to me, and it's, and he's literally lying to you. Like That's what Kyle Beach came out and said. There is documents that came out that said that for quote for quote, Quenville said in the locker room, I believe it was game six or seven during the Western Conference Finals in 2010. So they're on their Stanley Cup run. And he said, I don't want to deal with this shit. We got to go win a Stanley Cup. Basically pushing aside the whole sexual assault case to win a Stanley Cup. And that's where. You know, you got to draw the line between hockey and, you know, sexual assault too. There is a line like there, there is a line and that line definitely got broken with this and they should have just fucking fired the guy on the spot when they found out what happened. They shouldn't have fucking put it under the rug and let them go win a Stanley Cup because now their whole fucking dynasty will always have this little, I wouldn't say asterisk because they, there was no cheating involved. They were the best team those three years, but now, you know, like I don't think Joel Quenville will get in the Hockey Hall of Fame anymore. And it's crazy to say because he's one of the he was one of the like coach straight coaching, he's one of the best coaches ever. But now like I'm not going to compare it to baseball with like steroids and stuff, like how these players are um I think Timmy told me earlier with uh Pete Rose like these different situations they're not going to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. The thing is this isn't cheating. This is him not you know opening up about literally like something seriously illegal that happened so i think he still I, like i think he still gets into the hall of fame i i just do it's this is something that totally was separated by coaching um i, I don't even think that like he, i really don't think he he i bet he knew my new details, but didn't know the full story, and that no, has, no, that not, that has no. nothing he to knew. do with his. No, he knew. I like, don't think so. No, he did. There was documents that got released. He he, a hundred percent knew of what went on, and he in he got quoted saying, 
I don't want to deal with this shit. We have a Stanley Cup to win. Like, that was a quote. But that's... But he's a coach. It's not shit he deals with. That should be front office shit. He is front office. A head coach no, is part of the front office. That's not... I'm talking higher up. Like, he coaches a team. He, he He's there to coach the 23 no, I, players that are suited up that game to win each, each and every game. And he did that. And honestly, if... They, I'm not, you know, saying anything, like... Could have or would have happened, but maybe if they did speak up in 2013, they wouldn't have won a cup in 10. 10. They wouldn't have won a cup in 13 or 15. So, three Stanley Cups, and this is totally besides the issue, just coaching a good team. Like, they're not stripping his name. It has nothing to do with his coaching ability or the team's ability. But then, if it has nothing to do with that, then he shouldn't be stripped of being a Hall of Fame coach. The same reason why they shouldn't strip his name off the cup, which I know they're not, but he he won because of coaching. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame because of coaching. That's it's, it. It's a yeah. It's a, it's not being a piece of we don't shit know. of a person. Yeah, we don't. Which I mean, you think of it. A piece of a shit of a person is not going to get into the Hall of Fame and not going to get into you know not going to get their name removed off the cup, which already happened. Yeah, Kyle Kyle Beach, obviously. No, not Kyle Beach. The the man who did the sexual right. assault. In my eyes, the guy the guy did his job and he did it better than the other. At that time, the other 29 coaches in the NHL, three times in six years, to me, that's good enough. And for that, I, I don't think we should take away his Hall of Fame. Plus, he's a, he's a winning record. I mean, he just he basically just coached a team that is... Yeah, he'll was, never coach again, you know, obviously. He's not even going to coach again, but going that's all behind us now. It, um, I'm just saying it makes you think if, if the NHL is... Like, he's not, he'll never be able to get a job in the NHL again. So if he's not allowed to get a job in the NHL again, what makes you think the NHL is going to induct him induct him into the hall of fame for what he did it's it's you get inducted to the hall of fame you 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 go to the ceremony you say a speech like i just don't think joel quenville will go through that process that's the only reason why i think he won't get in well i'll put another poll up saying uh if uh quenville gets in because if this shit didn't go down he's first ballot you don't gotta think about what happened like you don't have to think about it he's 100 percent getting in but in terms of now florida panthers new coach Intern coach, whatever. I think they're self sufficient as of now. They'll they'll win without a coach. Like no one has to be behind the bench. I think you know under the leadership of Barkov, Huberdo, Ekblad. I think they're I think they're fine. It's they're one yeah they're one zero they and one. When they get time for when they when it's time for playoffs, when they have to face off against your Bruins and against you know lightning your Lightning, and... that's when you're going to need a coach. So we got plenty of time to figure it out. Like there should be no rush for the Florida Panthers. They they will get in, coach or not coach. Yeah. It's just um, yeah. I think they could. I think they could show up for the the last seventy so games of the season and without a head coach behind the bench. And I still think they they, they get in. But yeah. like again, we're gonna have to get a coach. Probably. I think the latest you could sign a, like a real coach. I know Tortorella is up there. Is probably before the All Star break. I think right around then, if that's the latest you're gonna put a coach in, I think they'll still be successful. Yeah. So obviously, when Joel Quenville stepped down. All fingers pointed towards Torts, John Tortorella, and there's you know there's a lot of stuff there's going on. Good, like the, a reunion of Torts of yeah. Torts and Bobrovsky. Like how's that going to work? I know they had some drama. Like it's it's a weird situation. I'm David just, Quinn's on the market. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jeez. Do they want to make the playoffs this year? <laughs> um, I just think if this guy Andrew Burnett can come in and this team like ends up winning the the division and the players are, are are they believe that this team can actually do it like I just don't see the need for them to seriously make a change. It just depends on these next I would just these next again like 3 weeks. They're 1-0-1 with the interim head coach. They they're only they technically got their the first loss. It was a shootout loss to the Bruins in Boston. They played a good game but yeah, I I it's it's sad to say because he was one of the best head coaches ever, Quinville. So I think the Panthers will end up being fine. Yeah, keep betting on the Panthers. Yeah, they don't lose. Like I said, they're self-sufficient. They'll be fine. So we went over our Eichel rumors, which was supposed to be our next segment. Sidney Crosby comes back. He makes his return. He plays one game against the New Jersey Devils. They lose 4-2. to two, And then he gets COVID. So... Sidney Crosby will be out again. They they don't. It used to be like a a certain amount of time. Like I remember, it used to be like minimum. It was like ten to fourteen days they had to be out. Now it's like whenever they test negative. Because earlier in the year, McKinnon tested positive, and then he was 
able to come back in two games. So it's it's a weird system. So it's I'm not I'm unsure. It was him and Dumoulin mm-hmm. that got COVID. So I'm unsure when he'll actually come back. What this what this does for the Penguins? I think it hurts them a lot because they started off so hot and they are now the like the coldest team in the league. They started off three zero and one, and now the Pittsburgh Penguins are three three and two. So they're not playing the same hockey as they were in the beginning of the season. So I don't know if they they lost a little drive. They definitely lost a valuable defenseman in Dumoulin. Yeah, I mean that's that's big, especially when uh, Tristan Jari's you know not at the top of the list and goaltenders in the league. You, you need good defense led by Chris Letang. Um, the defense for that team hurts. The, I thought the I thought the offense would hurt too, but the offense was the offense was fine. It's it's I think um, I think it's just that the hungriness isn't there anymore. I think that that win against Tampa the first game of the season is they had, that, what they were rallying behind. And they had that they, big win against Toronto, the seven yeah. one win. Yep. Since then they've lost. Th- they, they've dropped three straight. They lost their spark. They lost. Yeah. So they've been. They lost five to one to Tampa. Got shut out by Calgary for nothing, and then. Just lost to the Devils four to two, and now they got to go play. They got Philly coming up, Minnesota coming up, Florida coming up, all without Crosby again and without Dumoulin. So maybe we weren't so crazy for not putting him in the playoffs because <laughs> after that first week of hockey, both of us were scratching our head like, I can't believe we just left the Penguins out of the playoffs. If I if I could switch my thing right now, I would. I would put the Penguins in. I, I don't know why I do this to myself. I I should just stick to mm-hmm. my word, bro. Don't what do you mean? They can't. Don't... Don't I? I think they're fine. I think they're just in a little bit of a slump. I mean, it's early in the season, but like you saw what they're capable of doing without Crosby and Malkin. It's just, it just net. Just don't ever count out Pittsburgh and Washington. Whatever you do, like I, I should be punching myself in the face right now. Like yeah. I seriously, I think the two spots are reserved for them with the Carolina Hurricanes. The last spot is up for grabs between I think the entire division. So. I'm. Ha- I mean, I'm happy they finally bumped the Islanders out of the last place spot in the Metropolitan. It's unbelievable. The Islanders have points in five straight, and they're they're in second to last in the Metro. It's like you guys aren't playing games. I know we we aren't playing. We have the least least amount of games played in the Metro, but you know, I'd like <laughs> I'd like to. And the Rangers have the most, right? <laughs> yes, they do. The Rangers look good. There's not much to say there. I went. All right, I'll take. I don't know if they look that good. I think yeah. certain players. I think Shesterkin is playing. The best hockey is ever. The Rangers are being the Rangers, the most inconsistent team in the NHL. There's and I'm not even talking game by game. I'm talking period shift by, by period. shift. Yeah, a shift by shift. If you want to break it down that far, yeah, yeah. The, they are the most inconsistent team, I think, in the NHL. Yeah, that Vancouver game was uh, probably a ride for you, Ranger fans. All of the games, all yeah. of the games. Like I just, I just don't get. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Which again is you don't want to be inconsistent when it comes down to. You know, later in the season, because you can't. If a team like the Rangers, who I truly think, I don't think they're going to be at the top of the Metro all year, but I do believe they're going to be fluctuating between three, four, five, and six throughout. I think, yeah, I think they're going to be there with the with the Devils and the Islanders. A bunch I of I, I do I I think I that, wouldn't even call, put, like put them at that. I'd put Philly and Columbus there too. I like I have I'm no just, idea. The Metro is just so stacked right now. Columbus just beat uh, Colorado tonight. Like I this this division is just way too good and i there's gonna be teams that don't get in like straight up like there's gonna be four good teams probably that will not get into the playoffs this year no, no one's under 500 yet right no the, uh, the, the penguins are there penguins are exactly really. 500 they're the only one their point percentage is 500 everyone else is above yeah that's uh yeah yeah it's it's definitely weird uh but i i definitely this crosby that hurts because you get your captain back, you get your best player back, and boom, you get him for one game, and then this happens. It's just, it definitely, definitely could hurt the team's morale. I could see it because you know the, that whole center group was like, all right, we're gonna get our, <laughs> you know, these these centers like uh, Jeff Carter and what's his name, Evan Rodriguez, whatever these guys' names are. They're probably sick and tired of seeing the top guys every night. <laughs> you know, seeing the top defensive pair. They're not used to that ever. Maybe they're a little excited that. Uh, Crosby will take that role again, and then bang. Who knows how long Crosby's going to be out now. So. And there's not a doubt in my mind, even though Crosby's out, he has so much influence over that team. Yeah. I guarantee you he, his ass is virtually calling that locker room and giving his, giving his speeches and everything. I, I think he's I, I think he's probably he, – he's the best player in the league even when he's not playing. Like That's just, that's just the way – just his poise and how he is is just a, a competitor is just, just undeniably the best. 
And, uh, yeah, I just – hopefully, you know, he keeps doing what he's doing and whatever he's doing in that locker room to rally his team up because how they came out those first three games, we got to get that spark back. Yeah. That's it. So some other news, Cole Caulfield. We obviously made a post on this. Cole Caulfield, who was the Vegas favorite to win the Calder this year, sent down to the AHL after putting up no goals, one point, a minus four in his first 10 games of the season this year. So a complete 180 of what was going on in the postseason last year where he was just electrifying and you were like, wow, this this kid's a gamer and he's he is the difference maker. He could be a top six forward. Like he it, he is a top six forward in this league and then bang. Really struggles early early on. Montreal has their worst start since like 19 whatever it is way long ago and boom sent down to the ahl just like that so i'm i'm not shocked because he he obviously isn't performing but in a way i am shocked because what he did for the club last year it's almost like it's almost like the islanders for for an example like wallstrom has has such a good run and then starts this season with one point in 10 games and you're just going to set him down i mean I I don't fully agree. I think ten. Give him maybe give him twenty games, fifteen games, but because he is in a slump. But I truly think he'd eventually get get to turn it around. But maybe he just needs to develop a little more. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I don't really got much to say on it. I just my my Calder pick is probably <laughs> yeah, that's that, fine. Um, uh, I'll get behind the Spencer Knight. Or, or you know the, those prospects in Detroit or not Raymond prospects anymore. Yeah. Raymond on Raymond Detroit. And Cedar. God, this guy doesn't stop scoring. Detroit, low key, really good. I don't know what's going on with them as well. And they're four for they got ten points in ten games. Yep. That's their best start in a while. So yesterday was released the three stars of the month. So we'll go third star of the month, Freddie Anderson, after getting put I mean, well, sorry, said that wrong. After Signing with the Carolina Hurricane, coming from the Toronto Maple Leafs, starts the season seven zero and zero. Al now will make it eight zero and zero. I mean, but in the month went seven zero and zero with a one point two nine goals against average, point nine five six save percentage, and a shutout. I mean, he beat his old team in Toronto. Like just, just an awesome, awesome feeling for Freddie Anderson as. He wasn't even the the number one starter last year for Toronto, so it's good. It's honestly, I'm happy for him, and and we all we all we all thought that Morozik was going to be the better option for uh, for Toronto, but who knows right now? Freddie Anderson in a good defensive system, really showing how good of a goalie he is. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, Freddie A is uh, best goaltender in the league right now. Well deserved. Um. Part of it has to do with the powerhouse that's in front of him, mm-hmm. and one of the best lockdown defensemen in the league, um, and Brady Shea. I mean, it's just, yeah. the, the team is stacked too, so that, that helps the cause. But you could just, if you watch Carolina games, you could also tell that you know part of that's also Freddie A. He's not hiding behind a good team. He's he's he really is a solid goaltender. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, definitely uh, number one in the Vesna rankings, and uh, I agree, totally deserved. Second star of the month was Connor McDavid, who had 16 points in seven games. He ended up putting up another two points tonight, but obviously that was the start of this month. Seven goals, nine assists to a team that is in first place in their division. Not much else you could ask for. He was the seventh player in NHL history to start the season with six straight multi-point games. I mean, come on now. There's just He is the best player by far. It's not even close anymore. He's just, it's like he's playing a different, it's like video games for him. He's like playing a different, a different game than everyone else's because I've never seen, you'd think that he's, he's putting up like Mario, Mario Lemieux numbers. Like that's what it's starting to look like. And he's on track this year, obviously so early in the season, but he's on track for like 175 points, which is ridiculous. And I wouldn't be shocked if he gets to 150 this year. And I'm not joking because obviously me and Robbie have the bet. A hundred dollar bet that I have Connor McDavid over a hundred and ten points. Robbie has under a hundred and ten points. But I guarantee, if you look at like 
Connor McDavid's live line, it's probably at like 145. Like I wouldn't be shocked. He is he's just unreal. Unreal. That power play on this? No, I mean there's nothing for you. There's just I want you to accept that he's the best player in the world. That's all I want you to do. And why he's the most skilled player in the world. No, he's the his best. His skill and his, his skating ability. He's the best skater in the world. He's the most skilled player in the world. Um, <laughs> but he's not the best. That's what you're saying. Nope. All right. One day. I'm waiting for the... Ha, bro, has he even, like... Dude, he hasn't even smelt the third round yet. Like, to me, that's, I that's so fucking important. Especially when you have dry sidle. Like, I, just, like, I just, right. you, you just can't... You just can't, can't just, just blame you, him because hockey's, not, 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 hockey's not a one-person... One player sport. It's a team sport. That's absolutely correct. And if you can't, and if you can't run your team, maybe he's just. I don't know. Maybe they rushed into his captaincy a little bit. Maybe. Uh, maybe you should have got the A for a couple years, and then I felt it out. I, I, I don't. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Also, again, I, I can't wait till we start this podcast after like the Edmonton Oilers play a team that's in the top half of the NHL because they've yet to do that. I mean, right. they, they, you know, they haven't played, they played one team in the Metropolitan, which just got overdone talking about how good the Met is, and they and it happened to be the Philadelphia Flyers. He had two points. Two points. They still lost the game. He had I, two points. But, All right, so when, when McDavid plays the East and he averages two points a game again in the East, will you say? Wait, wait, are we talking about the points or are we talking about the best player in the world? What do, you, what do you want me to talk about? No, I'm saying well, bro, because points, you're, say, you're saying his points are going to slow down. Points are going to slow down. He's going to have right. like so I said, when he's when have to... when they don't slow down, will you apologize? <laughs> because they're not slowing down. Gonna, I don't care who the gonna, fuck he plays. They're going to slow down. Bro. But David could go against Carolina, and he's still going to put no, up. No, because he's got to. Every time he's out there, Jacob Slavin's going to be out there. Doesn't matter. Every um, every time, guess what? Every time that he plays Tampa Bay, Victor Hedman's going to be yeah, out there. Or is, uh, excuse me, uh, McDonough and Chernak. Every time he plays. Boston, McAvoy, and Grizzly are going to be out there. Like it's just, I just like, bro. I just think this this team. So their power play is running at a fifty percent. It's just now just under fifty percent rate, which is like just think about how good 50, like that's every other power play. They're just yeah. ripping one in the net. So you look at it as they should. But but now again, he, they're playing against these Metro teams, and their fourth liner draws a penalty. Boom, McDavid's got to just. I just think it, it sometimes won't even be their fault. McDavid on the power play is unstoppable. It's, it's on, him and Drysaddle on the same power play is just stupid. It's just not fair, and they're gonna score like so many times. Like this, like this power play is easily the most lethal in the league, and it's not even because it's the most solid like unit as as five. It's just having two of the top five best players in the league on one on one line, and it's ridiculous because Drysaddle and McDavid are the two leading point scorers in the league right now, and I think. After tonight, Drysaddle will pass McDavid. He'll be the first to get to 20 points. It'll be 20 and 19 points through eight games, which is they both of them might put up 150 this year. It's just ridiculous. Connor McDavid, second star of the month. And the first star of the month, which is awesome to see if we're rooting for the uh, Wayne Gretzky record to break, Alex Ovechkin. Nine goals, six assists, 15 points in eight games. So... Crazy. You you think this guy's going to slow down and he has his best start in, in his whole career with nine goals in eight games. It's just just unbelievable to watch this guy go. And I'm just praying that this guy has the ability, has the ability to stay healthy and actually have a chance to break Wayne Gretzky's record. So. He's going to have a chance because Washington is going to stay lethal. Yeah. They're, just- They're really good. Washington's impressed me. Their goaltending is actually held up a li- held up how it needs to be. Because that's the only reason why I put them a little bit lower in the Metro is because they're goaltending. So if they get solid goaltending, you know that offense and that you know that defense with Carlson and Orlov, like they're they're going to be able to hold it down and they're going to be one of the top teams in the league. I just you just got to hope that that goaltending can stay solid throughout the whole entire year. Because if they, that goaltending starts to get inconsistent, that's when they're going to start losing games, and you definitely don't want that for playoffs. You'd rather them be very average now and really get hot during the playoffs because we all know how good a go- how important goaltending is when you get late in the season and postseason so absolutely um new york islanders played one game since we talked they've actually played one game in the past 10 days it was against nashville on friday no saturday saturday it was a matinee it was a 130 game they had a one nothing lead Tied 1-1, they had a 2-1 lead, tied 2-2, they ended up losing in a shootout. 
I, I wish I need them to play more. I'm like, obviously I love watching hockey and all, but I can't wait for them to just, you know, start playing games every other night or, you know, games every once every three nights. Cause it's been, it's been rough the past week and a half. Some comments on the game. I think Zidane Chara seriously, like he's definitely a problem on the ice. I, I just don't, don't know when change will be made because I know Barry Trotz loves to stick with his vets. We saw it last year. Everyone wanted Wallstrom in the lineup, and he stuck with Leo Komarov. Now you have a player like Zdeno Chara, who you think Chara and Andy Green, they're both going to be problems. And you look at Andy Green, and Andy Green, Zdeno Chara is making Andy Green look like a superstar. That's how, that's how bad Chara's been playing. He was a minus two. He was on the ice for both the goals allowed by Nashville, which we, we outplayed them. That whole entire game. I think Nashville had two or three like spurts, maybe two, three minute spurts. But for the majority of that game, the New York Islanders were were the better team. They they outshot them thirty six to twenty three. I, I let me get these stats up quick. The shots in the in the periods in the first period were eleven eleven. Second period was fifteen to five Islanders. Third period was nine to four Islanders. So in the second and third period, the Islanders held the National Predators to nine shots total, and they ended up getting two goals on those nine shots, both with Char on the ice. Islanders were obviously the better team. They just this is where it hurts when when a team like that and you play so well and you you can only put two in the back of the net. That's where it's really going to hurt you because that's a game where you look back and you're like, oh, we really should have got two points there. But road trip continues. We are how many games through? Seven, seven out of the thirteenth. So we've passed the halfway mark. And and I'm just waiting for November 20th to come around as fast as it possibly can because that place is going to be absolutely crazy, and I'm so excited for it. We'll definitely get our buddy Rob here, Ranger fan, to a game. I believe we're going, what, November 26th to see against the Penguins? That's right. That's, that's, that's our uh, the first game Robbie should see. the. We'll probably be going together to that game. A bunch of our friends are going to go to that one. You're so. actually taking me to an island game? Maybe. If it's not playoffs, we could do it. Well, I don't understand what the difference is. Fuck, I'm still rooting for the other team, playoffs or not. So I don't. If it hurts you during the play, I, I just don't understand. It's it's, hurt your feelings. Because you know it's life. different. You know it's different because, it, bro, it's wor- it's worse on me. I'm I'm surrounded by fucking you know fifteen thousand assholes. Like, hey, 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 hey! I'm not an asshole. I'm just saying, if it's playoffs and the Islanders lose, now I'm gonna go home really sad and. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to be on my phone the whole next day because I'm gonna have to see tweets and highlights. But if we lose a regular season game. All right, we lose a regular. We we lose a regular season game. It's like I could I could uh, build a bridge and get over it. So yeah, those. That's my basically only comments on the Islanders, Robbie. I don't know if again I will. It's like only can you comment on it? It's like they played. 60, uh, 65 minutes of hockey in the past. I can't even comment on the Islanders during the season. I know we were asked last episode about like. Are they starting out slow? I have no idea. They don't play enough. Don't, <laughs> they they have so many days worth of rest before every game that they haven't even been like in a flow challenged. Yeah, yet. Like, no. like their their biggest challenge so far is you know whether they're going to make the game on time from travel. Like seriously, <laughs> like I mean, like I have nothing to comment on. Like there's the Rangers too. The Rangers fucking a lot of games on the road as well. They played three home games out of out of. Have they won at home yet? Uh yeah, they beat the Blue Jackets at home. Yes, that's three nothing. That that was it. They're one and two at home, but every other game, you know, we went on. We're now in the middle of the Western Canada trip, and we're one and one, or we're one zero oh and one, which is and, good. Uh, no, it should be better. Should be better. These are the teams that you know we should be kicking the shit out of. These are the teams that McDavid's kicking the shit out of. We yeah. should be doing much better. But that's it. I got yeah. I got nothing to comment on the Islanders. Isles got. Montreal tomorrow, so probably when this episode gets released, you'll hopefully they've won the game. <laughs> they they play tomorrow at seven p.m. or when you're listening to this tonight at seven p.m. And we got Winnipeg, Minnesota, New Jersey, Tampa, Florida, and then we're home. And then and then I like to say the real season starts. Like I said, I'm gonna say it over and over again. The goal is thirteen or more points through the first 13 games and right now they're at eight points through seven games so maybe they could win a few here you know give themselves some cushion but i just need this team to get home get a little homestand and then maybe grab a little win streak so those are my last comments on the islanders 
I got nothing to say on the Islanders. All right, so that's probably going to wrap it up. We, uh, again, if you're still listening, we recommend you guys to continue to ask questions, continue to vote on the polls. We're averaging maybe like three to five questions every week, but we're hoping to up that. We we pick, you know, because some of you guys say some real stupid shit. We're not going to lie. You ask some really stupid questions, and we're just, we're not going to bother with it. But uh, we're, we're going to wait for our, our first Islander Ranger game. We need that to come. We will have a little special episode for that. <laughs> that that'll be fun. We get into that a little bit. But both teams on the road right now. Rangers are obviously looking a, b- a little better than the Islanders, but... Yeah, that's basically it. Oh, one question. Uh, what's Farlamov's status? Uh, he was on the bench against Nashville. So seeing I, shots and warmups. Yeah, I just they're. Right, I was just wondering. They're not rushing it because he is, like you said, he is the number one, and I think it would be better that they're both we could get back into a role where they're both split in time. But I just remember last year when Varlamov got hot, he was nothing to mess with. He had games where you were like. Thank you that he's in net because he mm-hmm. saved it. So, exactly. Well, another look at the Islanders, like, Sorokin has played every single game this year, and he's never had this role ever. So, he's looked really good. I mean, I don't think he's looked at his best, but there's been times where he's played unbelievable, times where he's been a little shaky. But I think getting Varlamov back is truly going to help. And I would not – Barry Trotz, because I know you're a big listener of the podcast, Barry Trotz. Maybe – Maybe give Sebastian Ajo a chance on the back end. Let Chara sit out because I just I don't think uh, Chara is going to be able to play eighty two games and then you know hopefully another like twenty five in the postseason. <laughs> I just don't see I don't see Chara I don't doing see that it either. So Bear, I know you're listening. Bear, come on, B. <laughs> you gotta you gotta let Chara sit a little bit and give Ajo a shot. It'll it'll help with the a little speed coming out of our own end because he's he looks like he's skating in sand right now. He's literally, he's like the only guy that like, I notice every game is being bad. It's just, that's basically it. Oh, and Wallstrom, there's a shot he could put up 30 this year. That's what I'll say. There's a, there's a small, there's a chance he could put up 30. Because he's like, he gets some power play time. That snipe that he had. Rob, did you see that shot, Rob? Did you Chicago? No, no, no. That, that was the game he had too. Um, against uh, Nashville, the most recent game. No, you didn't? No, I didn't. It was not. on the power play. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely nipped one. I know what you're about to ask me, and I'm not going to answer it. Okay. So <laughs> that'll wrap up Season 2, Episode 10. Thank you all for listening. Peace.